listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. So glad that um, you got to join us again tonight. If you do have your Bible on you, which I hope you do, you you have time from wherever you're sitting, uh, we're going to be in Romans chapter 6 tonight. Uh, In preparation uh, for this, one of the things that I was thinking about was things in my life that have been impactful. Uh, Or another way I could say it, things in my life that maybe um, have been life-changing, maybe set the trajectory um, of where God wanted to bring me in my life. And one of the things about um, when you look back into your life, maybe five, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, um, the older you get, you can add to that 30 years, 40 years. I'm not there yet. Um, But one of the things that you can do is you can forget the, the tremendous impact that certain events had on your life. And so here's what I mean. When I was 16 years old, I remember this vividly. I was on a mission trip to India. And one of the, the boys that I met there, he was probably in the age of between five and 10. Uh, his name was Yogesh. And Yogesh came to me um, and, and we met one night before we were gonna do a revival service in his neighborhood. Now, families in this area were primarily Hindu. There was not a strong gospel influence there. And so um, I knew that Yogesh and his family would be there that night. And so my friend Stanley, who is a local pastor there in India, uh, he liked to bring the fire, all right? And so I knew after hearing him preach several times, I knew when the response time was coming, even though I couldn't understand the language, I knew that his tempo and his volume and his passion was, was, was just rearing up. And so whenever I saw uh, the people in the congregation began to uh, respond, some were in, in tears and some were raising hands, I knew that, oh, this is a response time, this is great. But there were hundreds of them, so many people that I couldn't actually see all that was going on and, and who was who. And I remember very vividly that a face that I did recognize came out of the crowd as I was standing at the front of the stage, similar to this, but, but down below. And it was, it was Yogesh. And Yogesh came up to me and and, and he, in his own language, was saying, saying Jesus. I think it sounded like something like Yeshua or something like that. But I knew I was like, he's talking about Jesus. And he kept pointing to his heart. Like, Yeshu, Jesus, heart. And, and I was like, he's trying to tell me that he accepted and believed in Jesus. Jesus is in his heart now. And, and him and his, his, his family were excited and they wanted me to pray for him. And I remember just going home that night and thinking, this, this is it. Like, this is what life is about. Like God, I remember how God spoke to me back then, how it changed me, it transformed how I thought about the world and even what I want to do with my life, how I want to spend my time, that the gospel being made known amidst all peoples that, that I can possibly share it with. And that this is what the Great Commission looks like. All those beautiful things, it was so impactful. But, and, and hopefully even as you're hearing the story, you're like, man, that, that was a big deal in his life. But you know what, what's crazy is in my day-to-day life, even though that that was something God used to really put me on on the path that that he would continue me on, even up to today, um, day to day, that doesn't really have an impact on me, I wouldn't say, unless I think about it and remember it. So something so important and life-changing can very easily in my day-to-day life just sort of lose its impact and, and lose its power. And as we're talking about the resurrection tonight, that was, that was a question that I had in my mind. I was thinking, um, kind of piggybacking on last week, to not let the cross of Christ lose its power, right? Um, what about the resurrection? 
Is the resurrection for a lot of us something that we know historically happened 2,000 years ago that we believe in and say, that's true. We understand that if we want to be saved from our sins, we need to believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus. But if we were to be honest, we're not quite sure the day-to-day impact. We know it's, it's a gift of God to us of our salvation, but it's kind of like a gift that we received and we act as if we don't have instructions for what to do with that gift. And so that led me to the, to the next question because I think the answer is yes, it does have an impact day to day. I think you'd probably agree, especially if you're a believer. That leads me to tonight's big overarching question that I want to find answers to. And that is how? How does the resurrection make an impact on our lives today? What purpose does it serve? Is it, again, is it something that's just an historical fact that we're really distant from that sort of serves as fire insurance for us? Like, I believe that happened, I'm good. And does it carry over? Does it have a day-to-day purpose for us? Does actually fixating and focusing on what happened in the resurrection benefit us? Even on April 8th, 2020, in the, in the middle of a seemingly unprecedented global pandemic, how does this impact our life? And so I to- told you, if you turn to Romans chapter six, I'll give you a minute to turn there if you're watching. But what I wanna do is I wanna read Romans chapter six and we're gonna camp out in just a few verses. But I wanna read it and give you some context. Starting in verse one, Paul says this. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who've been baptized in the Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him for the death he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace." What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin has, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. 
But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. In a verse we all know, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so I wanted to read that whole chapter. I think it's just beautiful to kind of hear the word of God and hear just a big chunk of it to kind of know, okay, here's what's being talked about. So how does this relate to the resurrection? How does the resurrection impact our life? Let's go to verse five. Verse five says, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And so how does the resurrection impact our lives today? What the resurrection does is it actually legitimizes our union with Christ. What I mean by is it makes it matter. And so if we were in union with Christ, but all that he did was die, then all we have is union with a dead guy who claimed to be God. But because of the resurrection, we have union with also the risen Christ, the risen Lord. And so a lot of us understand the concept of being in Christ, of hiding in his righteousness. But also there's the aspect that Christ is in us. The living and powerful Christ Jesus is in us. The raised from the dead, resurrected Jesus is living inside us. And so what the resurrection does is it makes this, it makes this union that we have with Christ legitimate. It makes it matter. Uh, a lot of times what I've done, um, I did this a few weeks ago, but I, I talk about how baptism is a beautiful picture of our union with Christ. You may be, remember a few weeks ago when we were still able to gather in person, as I sort of said that when we're ba- getting baptized, we're buried with Christ, right? And then what, what's left there is, is the old person, the, the sinful nature, the, the old us. And when we come back up, that, that stays there. That's dead. That's gone. And when we're risen with Christ, we're united with him also in, in his resurrection. So here's the deal. A lot of uh, critics will say, hey, you know, in the Bible, when it says Christ is the first fruits of, of the resurrection, that he's, he's the first that's ever been resurrected. They'll say there have been people that have been raised from the dead before Christ resurrected. And I'm like, you're exactly right. But what this is talking about is not just being risen from the dead. It's Jesus walked around in a glorified, perfected, resurrected body. And that's what we have to look forward to. Like I'm only 28 and I'm for some reason already having knee pain and back pain like an old man. I can't imagine when I'm 70 and 80 years old, like maybe I make it a little bit longer than that. All right, we'll see how my health goes. But whenever I die someday and whatever physical body that looks like, if I raise from the dead in that same body and I'm like, I gotta be in this for eternity, I don't want that, all right? But what we're talking about here is a resurrected, perfect, glorified body. We have union with Christ in that. But the, the reality is, is even, even the power that, that maybe you can feel theologically or think about like, oh, Christ is in me. The reality is some of us would say, I don't, I don't feel like Christ is in me. And, and I can relate to that. I know what you mean. And what I just ask you to do, um, sort of get out of our theological bubble. I want to just get into the, the realness of life. What I want you to do is if you feel that weakness, if you, if you don't always feel like, man, I have the power of Christ in me, I want you to just lean into that truth. There's much of reality, much of what the Bible says that we believe, not blindly, but it's not always confirmed or affirmed with emotional feelings. And so in the middle of a moment of weakness or when you feel, I don't really feel like Christ is in me, I don't feel that power. I want you to embrace the truth that he is. I want you to embrace the word of God and believe that it's true. 
and just pray to God, Lord, help me believe this. And I, I challenge you to do that and just tell me that it doesn't begin to change things. But the resurrection impacts us in many ways. And one of the ways it does, it makes our union with Christ legitimate and it actually informs how we live every day. And that's what we're about to flesh out and what Romans chapter six fleshes out. So I want you to go to verse 11 of chapter six. It says this. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And so one of the other impacts that the resurrection has on us is that it makes us dead to sin and alive to God. And so we read later in in verses 15 uh, through 23, we read that we're no longer slaves to sin anymore. It means that the resurrection actually changes our daily living. Like we don't, we don't live, like we talked about last week in these shackles of sin that just hold us down. Like we're actually free from that. We've been set free. We have the risen Lord Jesus dwelling inside of us saying, live for me, live as if you are actually risen from the dead. We can do verse 13 to present ourselves to God, like I said, as those who have been brought from death to life. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about um, watching a prisoner who on his last day was still wearing his orange jumpsuit and he decided that he's going to keep it on and he gets released. He goes home. he, he, He eats with his family he hasn't seen for a while. He keeps wearing that orange jumpsuit though. Like it's been, it's been weeks and months and years and you see him and, and he's wearing this orange jumpsuit as if he were still in prison and, and you're looking at him and you're tempted to go up and do, dude, what are you doing? Like you're set free. Like you, you look like you're, you're still in prison. Why are you still wearing that orange jumpsuit? I think the reality is, is a lot of us Christians, we still walk around in the orange jumpsuit of our sin. And that's, the truth is we need to throw those old clothes away and put on the clothes of Christ. We've been made alive. We now wear hope. We wear salvation. We wear Christ. And, and I think maybe this comes from a hindrance that a, a lot of cultural Christianity brings in is it kind of says, I think Christianity is just about knowing that God loves you and, and not worrying if you still sin. Man, you be you. And, and you know what? Part of that is, is so true. God does love you and God has uniquely wired you and made you the way that you are to a certain extent. But you know what? God has never said anything like not to worry about your sin. What, what did we just read in chapter six, verse 13? Look at this. Do not present your members to sin as righteous, uh, to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from where? From death to life. So many of us, Many Christians think and care about the aspect of the resurrection that sort of gives us hope, right? Like, oh, Christ has risen. It gives us a comfort that Christ's uh, death uh, did, did not end there, that he has victory over the grave. But what we don't often think about is how we should live now that we've been brought from death to life. Union with Christ and, and being dead to sin and alive to God becomes another vague concept. Like as we talk about this, probably in your connect groups at times, you're asked a question and I, I can just hear it. Hey, what does union with Christ mean? And sometimes we oversimplify these so much and, it, and we just are kind of like, yeah, 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 cool. Jesus loves me. And, 
And while that's also true, like that's not the answer. Like we need to dig into what this means. There's, there's beautiful resurrection power available to us. And I think another big thing that hinders us tonight is a lot of people, they just want their life saved, but they don't want their life transformed. We say to God things like, save me, but don't change me. Die for me, but don't inconvenience my current lifestyle. Lay down your life for me, but don't expect me to lay my life down. And the reality is, is the way that we are living, many of us are living the crucifixion life and not the resurrection life. Many of us act as if we only have union with Christ in his death, but not in his resurrection. Many of us have been given life, but we're acting like we're dead. Many of us have resurrection power flowing through our veins, but we're living like we're still in the grave. And many of us are in the tomb when Jesus has already rolled the stone away. Sometimes it's like, dude, what, what you doing over there, buddy? Like, like the stones rolled away. And my response to that, believer or non-believer, is it's, it's time to step out of death and into life. It's time to rise from the dead and walk into life. It's time to run out of the grave like we just sang about. So how does the resurrection impact our lives today? The resurrection makes us. It effectively makes us dead to sin and alive to God because the resurrection power of Christ is in us. To be dwelling in sin, remaining in sin is to be apart from reality like the risen Lord Jesus is inside of us. A verse that you all know for kind of our last point is in verse 23. You can probably say it, you can probably recite it. For the wages of sin is death, right? But the free gift of God is what? Is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So one of the last aspects of the resurrection that we're gonna talk about tonight, many things that the resurrection does and impacts. But the last thing we're gonna talk about tonight is that it seals the gift of eternal life. Life And what I mean by that, what you think, what if when Jesus died, he did not raise from the dead? So like no resurrected Jesus, just dead, so-called Messiah on the cross, goes into the tomb, never seeing him again, never know what happens because he stayed dead. You know what Paul says in first Corinthians? He says that we would be people of all, to be most pitied, like of everyone in the entire world to pity and think, oh, those poor souls. It would be Christians if the resurrection didn't happen. Think about all the sacrifices that have been made throughout Christian history to, to be a Christ follower. There have been people who have who've died for their faith. There have been people who have tithed and given to, to the church. Like think about what we're even doing right now. This stream, I'm looking at you right now. If, if Christ hasn't risen, let's go home. Put the cameras away. But here's the beauty. He did raise from the dead. He did seal our redemption. He sealed our eternal life. He walked out of the grave. It's, it's empty. And that's why it's so important to believe in the resurrection along with the crucifixion. That's why it's so important to believe Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, the reality is any, any uh, critic of Christianity knows that if you can disprove the resurrection that you've, you've overthrown Christianity, it's, it's done. 
a guy by the name of Gary Habermas. He's a uh, really into Christian apologetic, really helpful on things with the resurrection. He said that if you can prove that Jesus indeed did die on the cross and that after that he was talking to people like post-resurrection, then that, that's pretty much your case. He said, dead people don't usually do that. And so why am I going here for, for this illustration? What I wanna tell you in the middle of this and talking about that the resurrection is powerful, that it seals our eternal life, is one thing we couldn't do tonight is get into all the details um, of the proof of the resurrection. But I wanna point you to one resource and that is the case for Christ by Lee Strobel. It, it's, it's been turned into a film, but the, the book is fantastic. It gives all sorts of great evidences, logical, scientific, psychological, anything you can think of of why we can actually trust that the, the Bible's true, that the claims of Jesus from the Bible are true, that he did indeed rise from the dead. But I tell you that to say, like, even though we can't flesh it out tonight, guys, we can boast in the resurrection. Like the thing that we believe in that, that seems unlikely to the world that someone would rise from the dead, resurrect, is, is what we want and hope for, but it's also what we need the resurrection had to happen for any of this to matter and it and did, it did indeed. And so I ask you tonight to boast in the resurrection. I will say to any critic who is still maybe like listening or you encounter, even with that being said, you haven't proved the resurrection. And I just, I look across time and I see a church, God's beautiful church, how it's outlasted time, how it's crossed cultures and languages, how it's put its signature across recorded history, how it's withstood scrutiny, how it's withstood criticism and unbelief of some of the world's most influential people. But you know what it's doing right now? It's not just surviving, it's thriving. Christianity is the world's largest religion at 2.1 billion and growing. And that's probably an outdated number. And Christians throughout history have had nothing to gain financially or in their comfort level. As I said earlier, the church of God has gone through so much to still be alive today. I think just looking at all the church has done to, to look at all the areas of the world where Jesus's name is proclaimed, where there are churches. I just, I don't think that happens if Jesus didn't rise from the dead because the worst that Christians will ever face when we're faced persecution, when we're faced Opposition, you know what we believe from the very beginning is that the worst that can happen to us is that we die and we're united with Christ fully. I believe it's because they, they held this truth. And so how, how does the resurrection impact us tonight? It seals our gift of eternal life. It's our salvation. I think for some of us tonight, as we close, I think this has been a reminder. I think, but for some of us, I think we're hearing this for the first time. And if for the first time, I want to point you to Romans 10, verse 9 again. It says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I invite you to believe in the Jesus of the Bible tonight. The one who died for your sin, the one who rose for your sin the one who stands in victory over the grave is offering that life and that forgiveness and that redemption to you. And for believers tonight, just as you remembered the power of the cross this week, I want you to remember that because of the resurrection, it makes 
a sweet union that, you, that we have with Christ legitimate. It makes it matter. It's powerful. It informs how we live every day. It makes us dead to sin and alive to God. And it seals our redemption. It seals our eternal life in Jesus. I was thinking of the passage in John chapter 11, starting in verse 38. It's for Jesus comes to Lazarus. Verse 38, it says this, then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, Lazarus, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. Be ready to believe in this. Verse 33, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died, Lazarus, came out. His hands and feet bound with linen strips and his feet his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. I was thinking about that story this week that Jesus went in there into the tomb and what did he say? He said, Lazarus, come out. And, and what did Lazarus do? He came out. So, so tonight, I think for believers and those who never believed in the gospel, I think Jesus is literally saying, come out. Come out of the grave, come out of your deadness and enter into life. When it says Jesus was deeply moved again in verse 30, I think Jesus tonight and, and all nights is deeply moved at those of us who either live as if we're still in sin or those of us who have never been forgiven of our sin. And tonight, Jesus is deeply moved. He's saying this, come, come, arise. Tonight, I hope you hear the words of Jesus. And I think he's saying the tomb is empty. And it's time to run out of the grave. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this truth. God, I thank you that we can have confidence. We can boast in the resurrection. I thank you for its power in our lives. I'm praying for those listening maybe for the first time that they would, they would believe in Jesus. I'm praying for those who maybe these truths seem so familiar that they would really settle in and, and move their hearts tonight. God, I'm trusting that your um, word is good. We've read from your word, so I ask that you use that tonight to change and transform lives and, and help us as we, we focus not only on the cross this week, but the resurrection and um, praying for connect group time, God, that it would be sweet. Um, they'd be able to discuss some of these things and work some of these things out. Lord, we lift this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.